What's good, guys, and welcome to Office Hours with the Sneaker Savant. I'm your host, Shuf Cohen. If this is your first time here, Office Hours is what we like to call a discussion classroom. A place to chat and learn about sneakers and the thousands of things related to them, shown in an educational light. Today's episode is Reverse Skunks, Red Octobers, and Reinstatement. Sweet. All right. So today we're doing uh, your first and foremost, your return to Instagram. Yeah, that was uh, oof. That was quite nice. I don't. I don't know, man. That was. This happened once in October. I'm not sure if you remember, but like it happened right after I crossed the ten thousand threshold, and I was like, like I had like ten thousand and one followers, and then it just it just shut off. I got locked out of it. And, <laughs> I, th- I think it was because I was there was these guys that were really mad at me for what I was saying about the Warren Lotus dunks. <laughs> I was just like, Dude, <laughs> like I can't have an op, you know, I can't have a different different opinion. Not about the Warren Lotus dunks, man. People are gonna fight you over those. No, seriously, man. Like people got so in their feelings, and then like this dude. I, at a point, I was just like, you know, and I was kind of just just joking back and forth with the guy. I thought he was joking, and then. Um, he started getting like kind of personal. I was like, all right, man, you know what? We don't have to do this. And I, I, I blocked him. And then I, I went over to Facebook and I saw that somebody, that guy, had posted my um, <clears throat> profile on Facebook. And people were like trying to out me, like as if like I needed to be outed or something. I mean, it was like this, this witch hunt for a dude who had a, a differing opinion on a pair of shoes. I yeah, mean, I think was- you said doxed. Dude, yeah, this guy tried to dox it. Like someone was looking up the the my address in the who is domain on the the sneakersavant.com. Like people were putting my name out there. They were putting my Facebook, and I was just like <laughs> over <laughs> an opinion on a pair of shoes. Like, come on, man. But that's OD, brother. Yeah, and then I I thought the guy maybe went away, you know. And then my account got shut down, and I didn't. I mean, I I was having. I was freaking out. That was like two to three days. I was freaking out. Uh, I tried reaching out to all these people on Instagram. I tried reaching out to all these people on Facebook. Uh, I ended up calling the Facebook business center and I talked with this lady. I'm not joking for like an hour. I was at the park with my kids and you know, my kids are like trying to get me to play in the, <laughs> in the pond with them. And I'm just sitting here just losing my mind this, <laughs> on the phone. With lady, Instagram. Yeah. She's telling me, well, it was with Facebook, she's like, Oh, well, there's nothing I can do about that. I'm like, how, how is there nothing you could do about that? Like, why did I get shut down in the first place? She said, oh, I don't, I don't know. Well, what do you mean you don't know? Like I, I was so pissed. I was livid. And then just all of a sudden um, I got like 20 emails from Instagram saying, sorry, we made a mistake. You could log back in. So I went back and I tried to log back in and I couldn't log back back in. So I kept sending them emails back and forth and we did this, you know, for, we did this for a while. And finally just one day it just, it just started working. And uh, I mean, the amount of relief I had was like, Oh, thank God I got this back. I worked on this for like four or five years and suddenly it's right. gone. Um, and I, I resolved at that point that I had to, to, you know, work some more on Facebook and work some more on Twitter and, and TikTok and see what else was out there. And that's always kind of been in the back of my mind for the past six months. And then um, when I got booted the other day, I hadn't really made those moves that I really felt I needed to make on Instagram. Right. So first off, I was like kicking myself. I'm like, God damn it. Why didn't I do anything? But I mean, I understand why I didn't do 
anything. And that's just because I, I didn't know what to do exactly. But uh, I did the same thing I tried to do um, the first time. I tried to submit all these forms. Problem was the forms weren't working. Uh, and I was freaking out because the forms weren't working. The, the help desk forms to Instagram. Um, and then I reached out to somebody who I know at Facebook. Uh, this person is a lawyer at Facebook. And uh, this person offered to help me the first time. I just didn't know if if they did actually help me the first time. I wasn't sure because they never really told me. Um, but this time I said, look, you know, I hate to do this because this is like the only time we talk. But, uh, you know, can you look into this this for me? Right. And uh, this person was like, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Without a doubt. Don't even hesitate to ask me if this comes up again. Uh, a few days go by. This person's still in contact with me saying, oh, still nothing yet. Still nothing yet. And then, you know, we hit the 10 day mark and I started really like freaking out and contemplating my, my life choices. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I have all these products that I've built. I have all this, uh, yeah, all these relationships that I built through this, this ridiculous um, method of Instagram. And I don't, I don't know how to get in contact with these people. Like people who I, I, I mean, if you ever DM me on Instagram, like I get, I, I talk with you. I don't just like blow you off. I mean, every once in a while, sure. I'll, I'll kind of forget. I'll get wrapped up with something with my, but like, if you hit me a few times, like I'm going to talk with you and we could talk about whatever it is that you hit me in the DMS about. Like I, I consider, you know, the people who are engaging with me, like is as like everyone's worthy of everyone's time really like right I, there's no levels to it no, no. and I, I mean i think it's silly that people would think that i wouldn't respond but it really just bummed me out i felt like i i think i told you it felt like i lost my my phone and i didn't have a backup yeah and, and that was just such a it was almost at one point i'd say 10 11 days in i, I was like i was like ready to, to just start crying like i just couldn't believe how how rough that was it's got to be insanely frustrating man well it, and it sounds so dumb it sounds so trite Ooh, you, your little social network went away and it's like bro i mean these are the people that i talked to during the pandemic like day in and day out like i mean my best friends you know i talk to them once a week once a month whatever it might be but like people on ig i talked with every freaking day like there was really no off days for most of us you know so um, it, it, it's funny how that all just kind of got wrapped up in there. Um, 12 days in, I, I just, I hit that person back at Facebook. I was like, Hey, do you know if like a number I could call? Sure. And, uh, the person didn't respond, uh, for a couple hours, but then, um, I got, I got a message. I saw, uh, I, I saw something on my uh, computer that made me think that my account was back on. And so I just went and I just checked and sure enough, it was there. And I sent the person a message. I said, was that you? And uh, uh, this person was like, um, I went into Instagram offices and I screamed my head off that this was taking too long. And it looks like they did turn it back on, but no one told me. So oh. good, good, good job. I, was, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I feel bad for all the people who don't know somebody who works at Facebook, you know, like who just have to deal with it. Like, I, I But dude, good. props to that guy. Yeah, I was very, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to get this person a, a, a cake or a pair of shoes or something. <laughs> right, you know? homie, the present. Yeah, it saved my, saved <laughs> my livelihood. You know, yeah. one, of the, one of the things, um, 
I, if you didn't follow, I, I, I set up a different Instagram account a while back for the cards and the NFTs. And I just figured might as well just start putting stuff out there. Um, and uh, I reached out to, you know, most of the people that I talk to on a regular basis and uh, Digla, I was talking with Digla in the DMs. He was like, I can't believe that this isn't like a thing. Like, why don't they have small businesses pay like $10, $15 a month just to be able to talk to someone? Yeah, that came up last episode that you said, yo, I'd pay up to like $50 a month to have somebody oh, yeah. that I could just call. Oh, and even come to think of it, I'd pay even, I mean, I'd pay $100 a month. You know what I mean? Like that's how worth useful it? of a service it is and how much that customer so- support would be worth. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they, they keep trying to get us to put up ads and they keep on trying to get us to pay $100 for this, $100 for that. But it's like, yo, just give me someone to, to fucking talk to when something goes wrong. I'll give you 100 bucks for that. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's just crazy that this company, I mean, they probably have 2 billion accounts. I mean, like, how much of the world do you think is on Instagram? I mean, maybe a third of the world, half of the world is on Instagram. Jeez. And to think of, like, customer support for that must be an absolute nightmare for the people who, for, for the people who founded it, right? But, like... Probably why they don't do it. <laughs> it. It is, but it's also, like, well, I mean, this is a this is a way you can make money. You know what I mean? Like, you could mm. definitely make your money back with this, especially if you're running a, a tight ship where you don't actually even need the customer service. Right. I mean, what is the, what would be the main reason people would reach out to Instagram for customer service? My account got shut off unnecessarily, right? I mean, yeah. that, it seems like that would be it, but... Then again, you never know with people who, who you know, the, the the crap that they mess around with these companies for, like, what they would waste their time with. But then again, would they be paying for that? Who knows? Dude, it's so hard to guess at things like that when it comes to these huge social media outlets. You wonder, like, hey, man, you've got such a huge user base. This is a lot of people's bread and butter. You know, you would think that there'd be at least, like, a 1-800, leave a message, and we'll get back to you. It- they they do actually have that, but they definitely don't get back to you, right? There is, <laughs> you can Google the number; it's there, and they tell you all these things that you could do, and then you leave a message, and no one no one really calls you back. <laughs> I mean, like it's funny because I went, you know, I did a, I, I took my middle school class, I had a coding class um, in East Oakland. Uh, I started it my first year as a teacher, and I got there was a guy who actually. Um, a friend of a friend on Facebook said I could bring the, the class by just so they could see Facebook. We went to Facebook. We walked around Facebook. We had a couple of free burritos in the, you know, in the eating area. And then they brought us over to Instagram. And Facebook's like this big, wide-open office. And, uh, you know, it's a mile long. Facebook right. is a mile long in, um, what is it, Menlo Park or something like that? I, for, I forget where it's at. I think it's Menlo Park. Um, but you go to Instagram, and they won't let you pass the door. Like they don't let anybody pass the door. Like Instagram is super private. Uh, Facebook is super open. But um, that kind of gave me a, a glimpse into just, you know, customer service. Slightly sketch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of understand it, but it's also like, why, why mess around with all that if you don't have to? You know what I mean? Man, who the hell knows with these people? Yeah. Um but getting back to the point, you are back on Instagram with your original The Sneakers Avant account, um, yeah. which is great news for everybody involved with you and all of your ventures. So we're going to, I think, head into the next uh, thing here, the end of the skunk story. Oh, the end of the skunk story. Yeah. So um, 
I after I posted that, uh, you know, Snaker Investor, uh, he was hitting me up. He was showing me all his pictures. I was looking at his pictures. Uh, we also had um, this guy Nisa Moon. Uh, I think it's Nisa Moon. Nisa Moon. Um, yep. He's been texting me for a while. This dude, uh, I'll tell you, he he's a he's a solid dude. Um, I, I when he first heard about the the Dunky Dunk cards that I had made, uh, he reached out and he went to my website and he bought like. I think he bought a couple of sneaker preservation cases and then he bought like four or five boxes of the dunks. And Beautiful. I get, you know, I get a lot of small orders, but that was like a big order. And that one was like, really, it was just really nice. It was like, he's all, and I talked to him a little bit and he was like, yeah, I just love supporting small people who, who are trying to do, you know, bigger things. I think it's great. Um, but when I posted the first part of that skunk story, he actually reached out and he said, you know, I have pictures of the replicas. Uh, if you're ever in the Bay, why don't you come by and you could, you know, you could take a look at them. Um, I don't really go to the Bay that often anymore, but I said, if you got some, sure, send me some pictures. So he, he has both a pair of replicas and uh, the real pair. And I said to him, why would you, you know, why'd you do that? He said, well, um, I figured I'd buy a pair of the reps and see if I liked them enough to buy the real pair. And I did. So I thought that that was a really interesting way. I mean, like that's almost like a perfect case scenario for, <laughs> for fakes and, and reels, right? It's like, sometimes you buy a real pair of something and, and you, you just never wear it. And it's like, am I going to get $3,000, $5,000 on a pair of shoes that I'm never going to wear? I mean, or, you know, Maybe I'll, I'll I'll try a pair that's almost indistinguishable, and see if I would actually wear them. And you know, sure enough, I would. So uh, he sent me the um, comparison picks, and I looked at his comparison picks, and I looked at all the picks that um, sneaker investor had sent me, and everything looked uh, everything looked le legit. Uh, I didn't really notice anything, but you know, then again, when you have pairs in hand, it's a whole different story. Right. Um, there was also that mystery, uh, that mystery guy in the, in the DMS of, um, Nike SB market, mm. uh, who said that he knows who sold them. Uh, and he just needed, he just needed some money quick. So sneaker investor, that's pretty cool. I mean, he had a bid out on him for, you know, six, eight months and was able to secure three pairs. I don't think he necessarily wanted three pairs, but the fact that he got three pairs is, is, <laughs> it's pretty interesting. It's pretty cool. Even an immediate flip is thousands yeah the, <laughs> the thing about high price pairs like that though is that immediate flips are not really all that immediate right right you <laughs> I mean, could be waiting another six months before someone's willing to pay five thousand dollars for that pair you know you could be a year for it so uh, that's always kind of the the risk you're running when you're running with these big pairs like for me for me for example like i like messing with the you know two hundred dollar and under pairs because they're easy to flip they, they go real quick but like you got a pair that's few thousand bucks you could be sitting on that for years um i don't think those pairs necessarily would sit for that long but uh you know his plan his plan and all of the um and all of his posts is like an 18 month hold and then flip right right and see what see what happens then i see that he put up a uh twenty thousand dollar goal for the those uh for those pairs of shoes and he would like to see them someday auctioned at you know christie's or sotheby's or yeah, the, I think that that, I mean, I'll be honest, like, I think that those numbers are, are fucking absurd. I think, like, <laughs> you know, he said something similar with the Mars Yards, but, like, he's not far off, man. And it, it kind of bothers me because 
you know, I used to work on Wall Street and finance too. And, and I just never, I, I have like emotional baggage attack, attached to shoes that Same. I can't look at them the way that he is able to look at them. Yeah, I can't look at them that objectively. I feel you. No, he's, he's, he does a great job of looking at them objectively and basically just as instruments of, of making money. And me, on the other hand, I look at him, I go, you know, that particular pair, I, I just go, God damn, that's an ugly ass pair of shoes. I know a lot of people like it, <laughs> but like for me, I'm just like, man, that is an ugly ass pair of shoes. There's no way that anyone's going to pay that amount of money for them. You know, and, and the fact that somebody even bought it for $3,000 is amazing to me. And the fact that that was a steal is, <laughs> is amazing to me. You know, like I, I would just never... If I saw those for like a hundred bucks, at, you know, if I saw those for fifty bucks at my favorite spots, you know, and they were just a regular GR, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch those. I just think that, like, I don't, <laughs> I have too much uh, emotional baggage when it comes to investing in sneakers. Yeah, yeah, and the, those skunk dunks in particular are fairly polarizing, you know, colorway. They're, they're just bright. They're obnoxious, and yeah. they kind of look super hairy. <laughs> they they do and uh, you know a lot of those protrudes I, i'm just i had a i found a pair of size 13 um the first protrudes that were uh they were like brown pink and blue i want to say the mm-hmm. first dunk sb highs that he did um i found them at a thrift store for like 10 bucks they were brand new dead stock still with tags and i sold them for you know 150 or whatever and uh I thought those were ugly too. I'm I'm just not a fan of dunk highs. I know you like the, the the dunk highs, but I just don't like dunk highs like ever any of them. Yeah, I've I've been falling off of those lately, but yeah, I, I do have quite a few of those sitting around. I finally parted with a pair or two the other day. And you see, having that kind of feeling about dunk highs, and and that's the emotional baggage that almost that you know, holds us back from making a ton of money on them. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't even like I sold them to a friend of mine and I couldn't even ask him for the going rate because I felt bad. I was like, yo, I know what I paid for these. I can't ask you for four times what I paid for them. Like, you know, give me a hundred bucks and we're good. Plus, I know that they're ugly, so I don't want, you know. (laughs) It was the uh, the NBA, uh, the scratch off Cav ones. Which ones are those? Uh, So they're they're all black, but you can look at the sides of the leather and you'll see the ca- the the cavaliers colors okay. um you can like scratch off the black um, dunk, calves dunk okay i see it oh that's not see now this this particular pair i think this would be a a great pair in the low like i just think yeah, it looks I, very classy as a low but the the high i just i don't know i just can't yeah i had a sample tagged pair of those and i was like he, he wanted them so he got them 100 bucks that's not bad no, no, that's, no, that's what that's what I paid for. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, it's a good looking pair. I like I like when the um, I especially like when they do the leather with the uh, different colored edges of the leather. They like dye the edges of the leather. I think that looks dope. Yeah, the thing I that I find really cool about that pair is that like you know it's just a black paint overlay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like Google them scratched up, they actually look really awesome. So that's almost like what they did with the Lance Mountain Jordan ones. The uh, yeah, a lot like that, except not fabric. The Lance Mountain Jordan ones were leather, I thought. Oh yeah, you're talking about the the um, ones. Yep. Yeah, those and those are you know they have a those have a great history too. Just I used to watch all those old Bones Brigade Bones Brigade Powell Peralta videos when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, and Lance Mountain he used to always wear mismatched shoes. 
uh, which, mm-hmm. which is pretty dope. I, I had heard from a, there was a dude on Facebook. His name is uh, Checho SB. Uh, he follows me on Instagram now, I think, or he just started a new account. But he was telling me that um, back in the day when Powell got started, uh, Nike just sent him a box of, of Jordans and Dunks, and uh, they didn't really know what to do with them, so they just skated them. And that's why you see a ton of old pics of all the Powell guys in uh, Dunks and, and, and Jordans. Yeah, those actually became quite a staple in the skate scene after that. So much so that, you know, this is what Nike SB is basically revolved around. <laughs> yeah, the fact that it exists at all is kind of born out of that exact situation. That's dope, though. I always looked at, you know, when I think about, um, this might be a little bit controversial, but I, I think about, like, when I was growing up, uh, there was there was basketball and there was skateboarding. And there, mm-hmm. there were like two sides of the same coin. And there are two sides of the same coin in that they're like basically uh, urban youth in their way of dealing with a concrete jungle. Yeah. Both of them found the exact same pair of shoes (laughs) to do their, uh, you know, their activity with. So like, I never thought about it that way. No, I I mean, I, I like to think about it, you know, this is, this might be problematic, but almost like in racial terms, you know, because when I was a kid, I grew up in a very white area and everyone used to skateboard. And I know that like one of my best friends who's uh, black, he grew up in a very black area and everyone used to play basketball. And being like a concrete jungle kind of thing, to me, like it, it, the, the meshing of the two cultures, they come together with that, that the fucking shoe, that one shoe, right? So a dunk. Common denominator. Yeah, it's crazy to me though that that's how like, that is really the overlap. Like I, I always found that to be pretty interesting and fascinating that, that uh, skaters and basketball players could find, you know, a common ground like that. Yeah. When you look at them, you know, objectively, it's, you know, kind of not to use these terms, but black and white. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's just a, I don't know, an interesting function of, of uh, product of my environment. So, um, yeah, the skunk dunks, I think those pairs he got were real. I think he could get a nice little come up on those, uh, especially if he's selling them for, um, you know, if he's trying to get them uh, through Sotheby's in a few years. Uh, you know, we all have connections to Jordy Geller, Shazam up in Oregon. And from what I understand, mm-hmm. he runs a sneaker shop on Sotheby's, which is just great. I know a lot of those other guys like PG and uh, Soul Supreme um, and uh, I want to say Jermaine. Um, few of those guys have been working with uh, Jordy just to get their stuff on Sotheby's as well, I think. Yeah, definitely. I've seen stuff about that on PG's page and, you know, that they just have the most ridiculous collection of Air Force Ones and, you know, <laughs> the Air Force Ones that PG and, and Soul Supreme are sitting on kind of make like Fat Joe's Air Force Ones look stupid. Yeah, and that whole Fat Joe thing was pretty funny too. Oh, God, that was ridiculously funny. Just to go on a small tangent for anybody that wasn't like around during that thing, 2J's Kicks sold a huge amount of Fat Joe's sneaker collection. Well, bought, yeah, he bought them all. He bought like the whole damn thing of Fat Joe's sneaker collection. And obviously, if you know anything about him, he's tons of Air Force Ones, Terror Squad nonsense, blah, 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 blah. So one day, 2J's posts up on the Urban Necessities page. What could potentially be a grail of grails for a lot of sneakerheads? Um, the gold entourage Air Force Ones, and people are freaking out. Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't believe it. 
where did you find those blah 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 fat joe blah 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 <laughs> turns out pg knows or paul whatever you want to call him hits up the dude that designed the entourage air force ones hey man are these uh are these real it was oh no no those are not real and he says do you mind if i post this on my story guy goes go right ahead and there's a huge backlash between Fat Joe and Paul. They literally were going to go head to head on a sneaker battle for like a hundred grand plus their whole entire collection. And uh, <laughs> just like stopping for a second. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, um, that, that was super, it was super silly. It was like, I mean, all, all Paul was doing, I mean, he, he has a way of kind of doing it with a, you know, tongue in cheek. And I could see how some people could see it as disrespectful or rude or whatever, but like, that's not his, that's not his job to, no. you know, to look out for you guys. You know, like I thought it was pretty funny and I did too. This is just Fat big dick Joe swinging got, out here, man. Yeah. Fat Joe got so, I mean, like he got real mad about it. He got real upset <laughs> about it. And, you know, all, all of, a, a punk or whatever. And it was like, dude, what does he owe you? Like he doesn't owe you anything. Like, you posted a pair of shoes that you thought were real and somebody just called you out on it. I mean, it's not the end of the world. I mean, we've all been like, we've all been there. Like, I mean, it just mm -hmm. seems like bruised egos were, were definitely uh, yeah, a bunch. Fat Joe got so mad and, and two J's was just kind of like, dude, nobody bats a thousand. Okay. Yeah. That's I, it. Didn't follow, I didn't follow what, what JC was saying, but Joe was definitely, um, <laughs> he was definitely upset about it. Yeah, Two J's was pretty calm. <laughs> dude, dude, Fat Joe was too funny. Like anybody that didn't see that, like try to find some archival of it or something. Because holy shit, is it funny? Yeah, I'm sure there's a few articles out, uh, out out there on it somewhere. Somebody somebody kept track of it. It had to have been. All right, so we covered the skunk story. We covered you coming back to Instagram. So now I want to get into some more shisty dealings of reselling platforms. Where did those red Octobers go? Oh, you know, somebody actually, that guy, Chechuas B, actually hit me in the in the comments, and he showed me that that guy actually got his shoes back. Really? Yeah. I'm going to have to look through my my uh, DMs again to see if um, it was an 806 case, to see if I could find where that guy was. But that guy, he, he ended up getting his shoes back. Um, the I mean, the, the story, though, is <laughs> like, I, I don't know, man. The, what do you what do you what do you, what do you say about that? Right? It, it's like, <laughs> what would you do? What would you say? Like, what do you mean you lost my ten thousand dollar pair of shoes? Like, what do you mean yeah. just quote unquote a random pair in the box? Like, what? What? I mean, in, in a response like that, it just seems like that response seemed like that was from somebody who had been working there for like a week, and yeah. and she went to the to the. Uh, and she went to the, the the floor and said, "Hey, what what happened to these shoes?" And someone's like, "Oh, they're gone. Uh, it was just a random pair in there." And then she just, she just wrote down "random pair," and she went back <laughs> up and she wrote that email, and it just sounded so. I mean, I I, I would I mean I was even kind of livid just sitting there writing that. Like uh, again, I, I've been roped into a few of these things where you know people hit me in the comments or they hit me in the DMs and they start telling me about you know, how they've been wronged by this thing or this person or, you know, that person. And in the first couple of times, like I, I posted it and then the other person on the other side would come to me and say, oh, actually they didn't, they forgot to tell you this part. 
And so I ended up looking like a fool uh, and just kind of getting the whole thing wrong. So I just kind of decided to, to, to steer clear of these little uh, skirmishes that people have. Um, yeah. One, I mean, I don't even post my skirmishes with people. Like I have, I have issues with certain people and, you know, not getting my money and, you know, not getting the shoes. Yeah. And, but, and I'm not going to air them out just because like, I feel like that's on me to, to know better and to do better. So sure. I don't really post that stuff, but like in this particular case, the company that is supposedly uh, the most trusted <laughs> company in the space just just happens to misplace a ten thousand dollar pair of shoes. It, it's it's awfully. It just looks really freaking bad. Dude, just, something yeah. seems super duper sketch about that. It goes missing. They get. A, I mean, I've got the responses right in front of me. It appears we canceled your sale because we did not actually receive a pair of Yeezy Red Octobers, but received a random pair of shoes with the label for this sale. And homie's yeah. like, that's impossible. Let me see the photos because you guys said you took photos. And yeah. she says, we don't have any photos. But you just touted that you take photos of everything and that that was your proof. So that was how you were saying you didn't have my shoes in the first place. The... <laughs> The that guy Nisimone also he was suggesting he was like why don't they have like uh, GoPro cameras on every single station that they are uh, opening shoes with, right? Yeah, always just kind of rewind. I mean, a, a GoPro you buy I don't know I don't know how many people are in the warehouse. Um, maybe there's a hundred people, or I don't know fifty people. I, I have no idea what the warehouse looks like, and especially with the quantity that they must be doing now, uh, that's a lot of tape to go through. <laughs> Right, but yeah. I mean, like, th there has to be a system where that that makes sense, right? Like, I mean, can anyone just go to the floor and just grab any box and just open any box and just do anything with that at this point? I mean, is that is that how this works? Like, <laughs> yeah, what's the access level like? You know, is there a locked room full of like fucking Yeezys and you can't go in there because people steal Yeezys? I don't know. What's it like? Then and how do you? I mean, and how would you even know what's in each box that comes through? I mean, like, is it when they scan it in? Is it tell you what's in each box or tell you what's supposed to be in each box? Ah, uh, yes, that I do actually know. You do know, uh, okay? Yeah. So based on the piece of paper that you're to print out and put inside the box, so they tell you um, inside your shoe box should be the shoes and anything that comes with it. Mm -hmm. On top of that should be the sales sheet, and then the then outside is your shipping box. Right, but the shipping label on the shipping box ties to an actual pair. Well, it's the it's the label that's inside the box. So they give you two different labels. They give you the label for putting on the outside of the box to ship to StockX without being charged, and then they also give you the actual sales sheet, which is mostly for their records, a QR code that they can scan. Yeah. But um, that's but that that's but you've already opened the box at that point. I'm wondering like more like like UPS, right? So if UPS Oh, I see what you're saying. If there's a way to tell what's in the box without actually opening the box is what I'm wondering. Is there a way to do that? Or is that how they kind of sort packages at the at the intake? I, I, I mean, do believe that they get them, open it up, look at the sheet on the top, and it goes where it has to go in that same exact box. Right. Okay. Yeah. The thinking about the the amount of shoes that that StockX must go through so i watched that video you know three times now that one with josh on the full size room and yeah they said twenty thousand pairs a day 
uh, in 2019, January of 2019. So we all know that their their business model has, uh, has increased pretty dramatically due to the pandemic since then. So, I mean, what a fair estimate might be, I don't know, double that, right? Say 50,000, 40,000 pairs uh, a day coming through StockX. You got to kind of assume that they have multiple um, warehouses. You know, obviously mm-hmm. they got one in Detroit. Maybe they got one. I, I I could be wrong, but maybe they got one in LA, one in New York or whatever, Jersey, whatever it is. Um, so say you got 10,000 coming into four different locations, 10,000 pairs of shoes a day coming into four different locations. If you got a hundred people, that's a hundred pairs of shoes a day, um, which I think there was also another number in there that was talking about how many pairs of shoes people have to go through. And I think it was something like 50 an hour. I I, I guess I have to watch the video yet again to understand what it is, but Thinking of, of you know, some of them are going to be freaking NMDs. Some of them are going to be dunk. Some of them are going to be easy. Some of them are going to be $20,000 pair of shoes. Do all of them just come down on one big ramp and go to, you know, one person who just slides them left, right, you know. <laughs> is one there, routing guy. Yeah, like, like is there a dude who, who gives, like, the, the, the pairs that are not very often faked uh, to the rookies and gives the pairs that are uh, – of high visibility to the, uh, you know, the guys who have been there for a long time, like that guy, I think his name's Delhi. Um, it, it just, it, I really wish that there was like a documentary or something just to show how this kind of, this kind of stuff works, because to me, that's like a failure of, uh, logistics, if that's the case, right? That is a failure of logistics. And the fact that a $10,000 pair of shoes can be out there and just, go missing is really 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 uh concerning yeah especially when like you technically already took your money for it wait what do you mean like they charged everybody everybody has their money taken away from them it'll be tied up if if shit goes wrong oh right and if okay so in that guy's post when he said he got his shoes back he thinks that uh what happened he got his shoes back because they said that they were fake now, what he maintains, and he actually showed the receipt, was that um, he actually bought them from Nike Town. Okay. So, so he did have the receipt from Nike Town, but he's saying what he thinks happened is that he thinks that uh, they just wanted to charge him the $1,800 fake fee because they make more on $1,800 fake fee than they do on completing the sale. <laughs> See, it's weird because... I was going to sell something on StockX the other day and I stopped myself, but um, it said that if my item does not pass authentication, they're just going to charge me 15 bucks. $15 or 15%. Ah. So what that guy was saying was they charged him 15%. Yep. So gotcha. sent his shoes in uh, and they said that they were fake and he got charged $1,500 for that. I mean, like, that shoe, if you bought that retail, that was like 250 I think. Retail for Yeezy 2 on Nike.com in 2014. $250. Mm-hmm. And you tried to sell them, and then they wouldn't let you sell them. They said they lost them, and then they charged you fifteen dollars or $1,800 at the end of the day for that. I mean, what the fuck? Like, how, how pissed off? I, I, would, I would lose my mind even at that $1,500 charge. <laughs> it's just 
hold on, you're telling me that I have to pay uh, five times what I paid for these shoes just for you to tell me, for you to lose them, take three weeks and then tell me that they're fake? I have to pay you $1,800 for that? Get the fuck out of here. Can't yeah, that's paying that. I'm not paying that ever. That's ridiculous because, I mean, I'm looking at the the terms right now. Like I, I went on to went on StockX, clicked the Red Octobers, clicked Sell Now. I said, here's how it works. You know, you sell immediately, ship your item within two days, and cancellation policy to ensure the integrity of our marketplace. A 15 U.S. dollar penalty will be assessed if you fail to ship your item within two business days or if the item received does not pass verification. Just $15 is what it says. $15 flat. So I have to find that post and I got to refine that post because. Well, it used, I'm pretty sure it used to be that you got hit with a percentage of the sale for not passing. Yeah. I remember that, I think. I've been hit with that before. <laughs> it wasn't for the, because they were fake. It was because there was some, uh, there was a couple hairs in the insole of this thing. I mean, it was ridiculous. Okay. Let's see. Okay. I'm, I'm texting that guy now just to, just to see if he can send me that. Yeah. Part. No, that's I'm super I'm super curious to see how that went down. October's okay, um, but also I, I mean like I found, you know I likened it to that guy that I used to work with that guy who used to just pluck chicken off chicken burgers. Uh, My God, and, dude, I was geeking. Well, I, I mean, have you ever met people like that? You worked in restaurants, right? Oh my God. I definitely, when I first started in the restaurant industry, I was that guy because I just couldn't afford anything and I needed to eat. That's so, that's so <laughs> shitty. I don't, dude. Uh, I, amazing. That, it fascinated me that people actually did that. Like, I was so shocked that that guy did that. Like, I didn't even, I, I almost felt like the world was going to cave in. Like, what just happened? Okay, so like off the plate in the window, I was never that guy. That's another fucking thing. Here's an empty bun. Oh, sorry, I just forgot your chicken because I stole it and scarfed it in the dish pit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Oof, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'd be the kind of guy like, oh, we're about to 86 this for quality reasons. Just throw it out. You're not allowed to eat the food for free. I'm like, I'm going to eat that shit. Fuck you. Yeah, I mean, we would definitely we would definitely eat whatever we could. And, you know, every once in a while, if you worked at 12, we'd have taco time. Somebody would make some tacos and we'd all just scarf them down in the back. When Damn. Oh, yeah. Um, but the, uh, the, the idea of that happening on the sales floor of a uh, sneaker broker is it's alarming <laughs> yeah and i i said that there are there are several people who work there who uh independently told me that without me even asking about it tells me that there's definitely some truth to it right these are people <laughs> i trust you know and people who i mess with for a long time and for them to tell me that this just happened like just in the course of conversation that this used to happen often uh that it, 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 I don't know. I, I guess, again, I say it again, what I'm always trying to get people to do on my account is uh, look a little bit deeper than what everyone's telling you to look at mm -hmm. right? and, and, and see if you can find where the, the lie is um, because there's certainly a, a lie somewhere, right? Almost always. There, there's, yeah, there's certainly a lie. Now, there used to be this guy that I worked with, um, when I was working at the startup and he used to call the internet, the great big lie. And I'm like, what the hell do you mean? And he's like, now, now think about this. Uh, let's say that you're signing up for a government uh, benefit, 
on a website. And um, when you click send, it sends it to some guy in uh, Saskatchewan who's sitting behind his desk and he's just typing your name into a form with which you're going to get your benefits. Now, let's say that guy had a he had a rough night uh, and um, he's hung over this morning and uh, he's eating his breakfast at his desk and suddenly he drops some potatoes on his shirt with ketchup and they're staying in his shirt while he's entering your information into the thing. He doesn't notice it, but he actually spells your name wrong. He then clicks send and suddenly uh, your name, my name would be James Platt. Your name is actually actually now James Talat. Right? <laughs> this actually happened to me in, in New York when I lived in New York. Con Ed had, uh, they sent my first bill to me under the name James Talat, T-L-A-T-T. All right. For the better part of eight years, I still cannot get them to fix my fucking name. Now, all of the problems that that created, that one asshole who was sitting behind, uh, who was sitting behind a desk on a, and, and had a bad morning, who misspelled my name by one letter, suddenly cost me all these fucking issues I was going to have with future landlords. Right. Because everyone says the Internet is infallible and everyone says that these things that uh, these systems, these these computer systems that they set up are infallible and nothing breaks. Yet I can't get my fucking name changed when some schlub on the other line messes it up. (laughs) So now if you think of the same thing in terms of commerce, right, like Amazon, it's easy for Amazon to replace any issue for you because it's all. It's all new product. I mean, for the most part, it's a new product, right? But when you're talking about collector items, when you're talking about the internet and the great big lie, what what happens when something that is pretty uh, rare or um, priceless or a one of one? What happens when that goes missing, right? Where do you look at that point? Because we have a, a we 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 have quote unquote the the most trusted marketplace in in sneakers, yet some of their workers are literally just plucking shit off the fucking sales floor. Right. And where would be the, the, the policing for that anyway, that would be internal. That would be security guards type deal. You know, you'd eventually have to have a third party involved because there would be bias and people just letting shit go. Oh, I didn't see nothing. Like it, it would just be a whole mess to even try to fix the issue. Well, and, they, and, and, and at that point, I mean, StockX, again, I think we said this before, we'll say it again, and I'll probably write something about this, but StockX, they don't owe shit to anyone, really, at the end of the day. They're not a, a public company. They're not, um, they're not regulated. There's no uh, Securities and Exchange Commission for them. I mean, they could basically say whatever they want about the situation. Right. right? They could say whatever happened. Uh, this is what happened. This is what we believe happened. It, it doesn't matter what the actual truth is. What matters is that they said it. Ridiculous, man. And and it's that's obviously one of the biggest issues that we face with all of these secondhand marketplaces that they aren't regulated. And what do we have to do to start getting them regulated? And even if we do, aren't people just going to subvert that too? Well, this, I mean, to me, dude, like, I think the, 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 there's two real good solutions to this. Number one, uh, the most basic form of commerce and the best form of commerce that I found is just peer to peer. Right. I don't need, I don't need a regulator in the middle of my sneaker transactions. I just, I don't, right. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm buying. If I get fucked, 
there's probably a reason and I should know what that reason is. Uh, I definitely don't need uh, Celine from the StockX email telling me what is going on with and without my shoes. I, I definitely don't need uh, somebody who does not give a shit about shoes telling me what is going on with my shoes. They actually advertise that, like StockX would advertise job opportunities uh, in a way that's like, you don't even need to like shoes to work here. Right. I don't need somebody who doesn't like shoes to work on on me acquiring or selling shoes. I, I really, I don't. And I don't want anything to fucking do with that person. Really, like, uh, why? Why are you here? Right. Like People like, will use any platform that they don't have to learn. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's why, like, I'm going to, I'm actually, I started a huge article for eBay, which I'm going to put out next week because I, I posted on my story today and everyone was hitting me up. Oh, why are you mad about the eBay thing? Why are you mad about the eBay thing? I mean, I've been talking for six months about how pissed I am about the eBay thing. The like, eBay thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, how eBay just, they, you know, they went, they're trying to go the StockX route, right? Uh -huh. and, and like, the reason I used eBay was because they weren't StockX. You know, like, I don't need that middleman. I, I really don't. And I think when you're really into something, that middleman does does little more than than slow you down and piss you off. You're absolutely correct. Like no matter what you're doing, say you collect baseball cards. I mean, do you, do you need a middleman really? Like if you collect watches, that, there was one dude who, who hit me up a few times in the DMs and sent me stories of eBay's uh, authentication guarantee with watches and how watch parts end up going missing. And these mm -hmm. and watches are not like shoes, right? I mean, sure, they're a little bit like shoes and that they're collectible, they're collector's items. People are real serious about them. But like watch parts, could you imagine if you lost a, a, a priceless watch part, right? Like how fucking difficult would it be f to find those watch parts? Like, I, I, I don't know. It just, to me, it's on the post. I think on one of my posts, I said, uh, I feel like a, a sneaker Republican. Like, I just, I want to be left alone when it comes to my sneakers. I don't want anyone in the middle of that. Like, It's free capitalism for a reason, man. If you can't evaluate your own transactions and mitigate issues, that's your own damn problem. You should, you should do something else. Yeah. And then right. I mean, we've, we've all been burned before, man. And that's, that's part of it. Like, I, I get it. I get it. It's not for people like me, but like, okay, so what's left for people like me? Right, yeah. and actually, this whole thing is a is a perfect uh, segue into the next thing we wanted to talk about, um, which was air mag fakes and the prop market. And now we're talking about people who really, really do know what they're talking about. And when we talk about prop collectors, it's the same exact feeling. I know exactly what I'm looking at, and I know what I'm looking for, and I will handle it. Thank you. Are you a prop collector? No. I don't know anything about prop collectors whatsoever. I just know when it comes to collecting as a whole, and I'm sure you've done the same thing, but you can generalize for a lot of different types of items that you're going to find the same kind of people within every oh, sort yeah. of collectible. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. A lot of people like you and I that, you know, are looking at every glue stain and being like, well, this pair is all fucked. And, you know, it's all those kind of people. And you, you always find a huge spectrum of, of different kinds within any sort of collectible market. But no, I don't have any specific like prop heavy experience or anything like that. Just stuff that I've looked up like based on movie Jordans, like the Batman sixes and whatnot. 
Yeah, that was an interesting story. Did you see the Batman sixes? Uh, I didn't actually repost it, but somebody hit me about the, the that guy who bought the Batman sixes. Did you see that? No. Well, this is a this is a little tangent right here. We'll get back to the mags in a second, but um, somebody hit me. I want to say it was the Nike SB market. The guy who bought the Batman six, the original one, um, probably five years ago, the one that was yeah, signed. it was one shoe, right? Yeah, uh, he he's this dude in Dubai. Um, he noticed when he got it that the foam around it was cracking. So he contacted this guy, this prop guy, who's uh, uh, he specializes in Batman props. And he said, hey, can you help me fix this? Apparently this guy's in the UK. And dude said, yeah, of course, send it on over. So he sent it there uh, two years ago. And he said all he's been getting for the past two years is just to run around on this shoe. So this guy hasn't fixed it. The guy hasn't given him any information. The guy hasn't done anything. So this guy the bought keeping this it. pair of – I, what did they go for? I don't think they went for all that much. It really, it sounded like a lot at the time, but knowing that those, um, the mags went for, that the mag went for $96,000, uh, this sounds actually pretty, pretty low. Um, 2016, $8,100. That's what it sold. The right shoe sold on eBay for a staggering $8,100. Now know who the buyer is, the guy in Dubai. Uh, mm-hmm. and he sent it away. Um, to a guy in the UK to fix, uh, and the guy in the UK did not actually fix them or respond to him. So uh, <laughs> See, you got to be careful with sending your uh, very specific memorabilia to people that like that stuff. Oh, and this, yeah, I mean, like, to me, like, if you asked me if I wanted this pair, I don't even know. I mean, I would take it if you gave it to me, but I don't want the responsibility of owning something like this. Yeah. You know, the responsibility, the, the, the burden that comes with owning something like this and making sure that it doesn't deteriorate and get lost and then you're trying to ship it and it's banging all over the fucking place. I don't want that. I don't want that responsibility. I mean, that's... He should have just flown it. Oh, himself, right? So if he's bringing it with him on the plane, then he's got to put it in the thing. I mean, to me, it's just, it's just too damn much. I just I have no interest in that. But, you know, so go, to go back to those mags, I mean... The, <laughs> You know, that last that last one, Shoesium sold it. I think it was the left shoe. Uh, had all those crumblings in a box. I mean, it was cute, but, like, what do you do with it at that point now that you have it, right? Does it come, you know, like, what does that shoe look like now? It's been two or three years. What does that shoe look like now? How much more has it deteriorated? Was it shipped to somebody that somewhere that is uh, not climate controlled? Was it shipped to, um, you know, Puerto Rico? Was it shipped to Florida? Was it shipped to... Uh, you know, Iceland. I mean, who who knows where the hell it is? But like, the shoes. It's 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 literally just foam, leather, rubber, and glue, right? Mm-hmm. None of those things. I mean, leather, I suppose, lasts a long time, but the rest of that stuff just doesn't really last all that long. So, it, my dude sent me those pictures. Uh, my guy in China. Um, he has his ear to uh, all of the factories out there. Um, he's he's like a jeans dealer. You know, he buys and sells all kinds of different jeans and samples. Sure. And stuff like that. So he's really kind of plugged into what's going on in the, the, the fashion scene out there. And he sends me pictures every morning of, you know, different different factories working on different projects. I think those, you know, that I don't know much about this, but the new off-white dunk with the, the 50 colors, he's already he already has pairs in hand. Uh, so, I mean, like, I don't I don't think those those haven't released yet, have they? No. You saw, you know which ones I'm talking about? Yeah, Virgil can keep all fifty of them. Yeah, I mean it's such a ridiculous. <laughs> such, I think talk about ridiculous. oversaturating a market of dumbass shoes. 
I mean, but and, and I love the dunk. I'm not saying it's the dunks. It's like Virgil can go away now. But he already. I mean, didn't he even say like I, I couldn't come up with this many bad colors if I try. Like I, I don't know how interested he is in the whole thing either. I don't think very much. Yeah, but uh, anyway, to say that those are already on the market, um, right? You know, he sent me those pictures of those mags. Those mags look beautiful. I mean, if you're into mags, I'm not into mags at all. But like, if you're into them, you know, you're gonna go drop thirty thousand dollars on a pair that you, you know, is, is. I mean, what happens when you wear a pair of thirty thousand dollars shoes? Are they worth less, or yeah. do you wait five years and they're worth more than thirty? Might, might be like the cars, you know. You know, you buy a car brand new, you drive it off the lot, and it ain't worth shit after that. But if you do wait long enough, that car is now worth money again. Right. And, and when it comes to mags, I mean, like the the, the exponential, per, almost like a, a, a the exponential growth on those, like it probably would be worth even if you were to wear it. But I mean, for me personally, I would never wear a pair of shoes that I could get like more than $500 for. And that's because right. by 100 more pairs that I want to buy. You know, and would have, no problem, would have no problem fucking them up. So, I mean, thirteen hundred bucks for that—that that, uh, you know—that really good-looking rep. I mean, I don't know. I, I teeter a lot on my Instagram and in real life about the whole idea of fakes and uh, real shoes and authorized and whatnot. And I think so much of this shit is so ridiculous that. I mean, what I, I don't see a big deal with going that way. And a lot of people get on my my uh, profile and um, say it's for the culture, you know, it's for the this and it's for that. And to me, like, the culture culture is it's not how much money you spend. Like, you no. can't fucking buy culture. It's about enjoying something with other people. Well, I mean, you don't even have necessarily have to have to enjoy it, but it's like, I mean, like, I don't enjoy the the culture of being in a hot weather area, you know, like. But, <laughs> but, really good. but it's a culture. I mean, it, it's it's yeah. not something that you can buy. And I mean, sure, if you want to honor, uh, you know, Basquiat, if you want to honor Basquiat by buying an actual Basquiat, now that, okay, cool, that's that's great, that makes sense. Now, if you want to honor the designers of a shoe that um, 2 million people signed up for, yet they only released 35,000 pairs for, how do you honor that person? Cough, Grateful Dead. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly the the uh, example I had in mind. Like, how, Who am I honoring exactly? Am I honoring Peter Moore, the guy who designed the dunk 35 years ago? Is he still getting paid on that? Is he getting paid on every single dunk that gets sold? Or am I honoring the Grateful Dead? Or is going to a Grateful Dead concert actually honoring them? Or right. you're honoring Phil Knight and Bill Bowerman by buying a Nike shoe. Like, what are you doing? But but you're not even honoring them because you're buying it from a reseller. Right. Am I, am I honoring the culture of reselling shoes? Like, who who exactly am I paying my respects to by buying an actual authentic pair off of uh, StockX? Am I honoring StockX for this? Right. Like, where's the honor... And the, the 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 appreciation of culture going in that in that case, because it, it it I don't see how it goes to the designers. I don't see how it goes to where the fuck is it going? It stops at the item, in my opinion, because it's it's not like you said. It's not honoring the designers. I don't I don't even really hear anybody saying Tinker Hatfield anymore. You know, and like 
everybody knows that name. Everybody knows what he did. And I don't think people are ever really honoring designers when it comes to sneakers. I think that's more of a garments and fashion deal. Well, and what does honoring mean? I mean, does that mean giving them money? I mean, like, right. Or appreciating their shit. Well, I'd be happy to give the dude who designed this sneaker my money. I'm, I don't think it's, uh, I'm not happy giving Joe Hibbert my money, you know what right. I mean? Or whatever that dude's name, West Coast Joe. I'm, I'm not honoring that dude. You know, I don't give a fuck what you say. I'm not giving that dude this money, right? You know what yeah. I mean? You want 50 bucks? You want 100 bucks to, to, for your work? Okay, I could pay that, and that's fine. But once you start getting in the, the, the thousands and multiple thousands for uh, a shoe that released a month ago, I, I don't see... I don't see the honor in any of that. No, that's greed. That's not honor. That's that is straight up greed. Yeah. Yeah. So the mags again, like who are you honoring by buying a $30,000 pair of mags? Like who, who are you really could, because that money is not going to Parkinson's. Right. It's, it's not going to Michael J. Fox. Fucking great Scott guys. Not getting it. Like, well, <laughs> and remember, I mean, those those actually sold, and all of the proceeds of those went to Parkinson's. All right. All those all those mags that came out since 2011 up till now, all of the proceeds went to Parkinson's. Now somebody paid three thousand dollars or whatever, and now they're charging thirty thousand dollars. I guess I'm honoring that dude who bought that pair, who's now going to pocket twenty seven thousand dollars. <laughs> That's the sneaker culture. That's culture right there. That's what you're telling me. I'm honoring. That's what well, yeah, because then, you know, say you do buy that and then you're going to go home and you're going to post it on the Instagram and you're going to thank the dude that you bought them from and honor him for buying the damn thing in the first place. Oh, there you go. Right. It solves it all. Right. What the hell, man? Well, think about and then think about the people on the other end, though, the people who are doing thirteen hundred dollar fakes. Right. Like the dude who actually built the motor of that fucking thing, the motor on the fake air mags that's the dude i wouldn't mind giving some money to <laughs> right right that dude did some fucking work you know what i mean he sat there and tinkered with uh, a really um you know forgive the pun tinker haha uh he I, I let it go man <laughs> I, I didn't i didn't even realize i did it until after i did it but um he 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 sat there and tinkered with an auto lacing system on a pair of shoes i mean like that dude deserves some fucking money. <laughs> right. You know, we, we were talking about on the first episode how, like, well, I wonder what they do at, like, these these factories where they're making reps. Are they sitting down and, like, having a powwow about everything? And Maybe and this guy had a powwow with the Air Mag motor. He's like, hey, man, I figured it out. It's super loud, but I figured it out. Yeah, I wonder if it's all that much louder than a, a, a real pair. But I've never personally heard any of the auto lacing shoes work except for what you posted about the fake mags. That it did it did sound kind of loud compared to the hyper adapts. The hyper adapts mm-hmm. are pretty quiet, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think it's it's just super interesting. We have to kind of figure out where uh, our priorities actually lie. I mean, so many people bitch about the resale market, and bitch about hypebeasts, and bitch about bots, and bitch about all these things, but everyone is fucking supporting it by by uh, entertaining this bullshit. Yep. A follower will point out the problems, but a leader will give you the solutions. So I think it's up to people like you and I, honestly, to 
be the leaders in this situation and say like, Hey man, this is how we can kind of circumvent and or 86, everything about this culture that you don't like. You well, actually I, have to try. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't like, like telling people what to do or what they should think. I'm basically right. just saying like what, how I think about it. This is how I think about it. And you know, if you want to not, <laughs> if you don't want to participate in some, don't fucking participate in it. Right. I Bingo. Don't, I don't put if, if there's a pair that I really like, like I like those what the pause. I would fuck with those what the pause. But there is a, a hard line in my mind that I am not spending more than $250, $300 for any pair of shoes, period. Like, right. unless I know I could sell it for, you know, $20,000, which, yeah, I'll do that every once in a while. I will do that every once in a while, you know, but I just, I, yeah, for me, there's a hard line. I just don't, I just don't participate past a certain point. And I, I think it's important to draw that line. I think a lot of people don't. They just want to be a part of something so bad that they'll kind of, uh, you know, do whatever the whatever the people are telling them that they should be doing, and they keep going on forward, and we keep having the same problems. Well, and kids, you know, like kids in my my classes uh, at school when I was teaching, um, these guys would come in and tell me that they just bought a twelve hundred dollar pair of this or thirteen hundred dollar pair of that, and I would just, I mean, like, dude, I was a kid when I was a kid when I was that age. I mean, like, if I had 30 bucks to spend on something, I was fucking geeked. I was so stoked. Same. $1,300 for a pair of Travis Scott's that you can, you know, buy for <laughs> for 100 bucks. Like, the question's kind of coming down to me. What What's going to happen to my, my son in, in five years when he's like, Dad, I want those $10,000 shoes? Right? What's, what's, what do you think my answer is going to be? Go yeah. earn them, buddy boy. It's gonna be yeah. You want to pay for it? You want to pay for it? You know, but you know, I'll buy you one of these cheap little whatever the fucks. Or I'll buy you this thing that you know is gonna kind of set you apart. But I'm not. I ain't doing that. I don't even do that. Here's for a pair yeah, of shacks. Pa- pa- yeah, shacks. <laughs> hey, shacks sold more than two hundred million pairs of shoes. I heard. Yeah, he's the man, but he's selling printers now. Is he really? Yeah, he's the he's like the spokesman for Epson or some dumb shit like that. Shaq printer commercial. I'm gonna have to look that up after this is over. All right, we got anything else? No, I really do think that was it. Unless you had anything else you wanted to touch on. Uh, no. I'm about to clip out that noise and send it to you every morning. High pitched screech. (laughs) No, I hear from my kids all the time. It's just awesome. I'm glad that. Ton of people signed up for the newsletter. I had a bit of a snafu with the newsletter. If you didn't notice, uh, <laughs> I, I found somebody um, who's helping me back up my Instagram, and this person had just started uh, sending out emails. And after f- the first few, I was like, "Wait, are these going out?" And I reached out to a couple people that said, "Yeah, I'm getting these emails." Uh, and I had to, <laughs> I had to at least put it on Instagram. Sorry about that. Didn't mean to do that. Um, but I'm trying to back up my whole Instagram in case I, I lose it again. It's all there on the on the newsletter. Yeah, good call, definitely. I saw that dude that was pretty butthurt about it. He's like, I've never been so disrespected. Like, <laughs> really? I mean, you know, to be honest, like, yeah, I'd be pretty pissed too. You know, I'd immediately hit that unsubscribe button. But I, I definitely wouldn't respond like that because that was a ridiculous-ass response. <laughs> Yeah. Never been so disrespected in my life. Okay. Well, no, in the morning, I was like, okay, all right, Savant, my guy, like, I like you and all, but maybe right. not seven of them. And then I saw the thing on the Instagram and I was like, oh, it's okay now. I don't need to be mad anymore. No, I would never do that. I, I'm not even <laughs> trying to do like more than a couple a week, you know, but right. like, boy. Uh, 
but you know, my bad. It's all part of the, 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 the growth. Oh, of course. And speaking of growth, I wanted to do some shouts to all those people who subscribe to the newsletter, comment on posts, or interact with us in any way. Because without people like you, we wouldn't be growing. So thank you. Your time is really, really appreciated. Uh, I do believe that is the 86 for this episode of Office Hours with the Sneaker Savant. I have been your host, Shu Cohn, and we're going to catch y'all next week. Have a good one.